James chapter 1, and we'll begin reading verse number 16. The Bible says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will beget he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his, create, his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Heavenly Father, I ask now that you will bless the reading of thy word. Thank you for your presence already here tonight. Speak to our hearts, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject, on God's treasure chest. God's treasure chest. Notice with me in verse number 16 that James makes the statement here, Do not err, my beloved brethren. And I won't say a lot about the verses that are leading up to verse number 16, but I do want to mention this, that James talks about the trials and the testings and the temptations of life. And I would just stop and say the difference between a test and a temptation is that the, the devil will tempt you to try to get you to sin. God will test you to make you a stronger Christian. Amen? Uh, the devil always has an evil motive in what he is tempting you to do, and God always has a pure motive or a right motive in testing us. And so James talks about the trials and, uh, that we face and the temptations that we face. And then he comes to verse number 16 and he says, do not err, my beloved brethren. And I want to just simply pose this question and then move on with the message tonight. How do you and I keep from erring in, in such a troubled world? When we face temptations, when we face trials or testing in life, whatever it is, uh, how do we keep from going down the wrong path? How do we keep from making uh, the wrong decision? Well, when you get to verse number uh, 17, uh, James begins to talk about this great treasure that I want to preach on tonight. I want you to notice the source of this treasure. As he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights from whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now when James talks about this treasure tonight, he's talking about the word of God. He's talking about the scriptures tonight. And when we come to verse number 17, he tells us that the source of that treasure is God himself. He said every good gift, and notice this next phrase, every perfect gift is from above. Let me stop and say this. If there's ever been a perfect gift that was given to us, we know that it was his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But if there's a tangible gift that we can hold in our hand tonight and call it a treasure chest and 
know that it is a perfect gift. We know that it is the word of God. Amen. I'm telling you what's in your lap or what's in your hand right now is a perfect gift from God. I believe every jot and every tittle, don't you? I believe every chapter and every verse, every story, every illustration, every precept, every principle, doesn't matter. From Genesis to Revelation, we believe all the word of God is perfect. It's inerrant. It's inspired. It's infallible. It's indestructible. It's indisputable. It is the very word of God. And so it talks about why is it that way? The source of this treasure chest uh, is that it came from above, from the Father of lights, from whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Amen? Just as the Father is perfect, so is his word perfect. Amen? Just as everything that God does is complete, so is his word complete tonight. Now I'll tell you what you and I hold in our head is a perfect copy of the word of God. Amen? You think about there's not anything else in life that you can deem to be perfect. Amen? But the Bible is perfect tonight. And when we think about this gift, uh, we see the source of this great treasure is God. And then we see the salvation in this treasure talking about the word of God. He said in verse number 18, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Amen? He said of his own will, notice this, begat he us with the word of truth. The Bible said being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. You see the spirit of God took the word of God and planted the seed in your soul and in my soul and when we trusted it by faith and believed the word of God, my friend, that's the seedbed of our salvation. Amen. So in faith, I quote it this morning, I'm gonna quote it again tonight. Romans 10 and verse number 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and verse number one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. But verse six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. First John five and verse number four, he said, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, amen. Habakkuk said the just shall live by faith. Romans said the just shall live by faith. Hebrews said the just shall live by faith. We're saved by faith. We're kept by faith. We live by faith. Not my faith, but the faith, Paul said, of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. I'm telling you, it's not my faith that's going to get me to heaven, but thank God it's the faith of the Son of God. He gives every man a measure of faith. Jesus said, have faith in God. Amen. And the Bible produces faith in our life. Amen. You see, we're saved because we trusted the word of God. You see the salvation in this treasure. It's faith in the Bible. What are you trusting to take you to heaven tonight? You know, I'm not trusting the fact that I prayed on an altar. I'm not trusting the fact that I cried some tears. Those are uh, wonderful things uh, uh, that may happen when you get saved. Uh, uh, but listen, you may not got saved on an altar. You may have not shed one tear when you got saved. Salvation is not in an experience. Uh, even though an experience happens, uh, salvation is in this book. Amen? You see, if you're trusting the experience, uh, what are you going to do when the devil comes uh, and says, well, your experience isn't like his experience? Uh, or what happened to them didn't happen to you? Uh, 
I'll tell you, my friend, we may have all different kinds of testimonies and experiences, but the common denominator in all of our life of those that are saved tonight is that every one of us that are truly born again, we put our faith not in what we did, but in what he said, amen, and what he did at Calvary, amen. I believe Jesus died on the cross because the Bible said that he died on the cross, amen. I wasn't there, and you wasn't there, but I believe the Bible. I believe there's a heaven after this life because that's what the Bible says. I believe there's a hell if you don't get saved because that's what the Bible says. Amen. I believe that no matter how long you live, if you've been saved, you'll be kept saved because that's what the Bible says. I'm talking about faith. God's treasure chest. Salvation is in this treasure. Amen. There's the source of this treasure, the salvation in this treasure, but then there's the symbol for this treasure tonight. James likens this treasure chest to a mirror. And tonight I want to tell you the word of God is a mirror for every one of us. When we think about the word of God tonight, it has everything to do with whether or not we open this chest. You see, if you want to overcome doubt, you're going to have to open this treasure chest. You don't have to live in doubt tonight. You say, preacher, I've been struggling with doubt for a long time. You know that you can overcome doubt if you'll open this book tonight? You say, well, I've been discouraged. Do you know you can overcome discouragement tonight if you open this book? I'm tired of living a defeated Christian life. If you'll open this book tonight, you can overcome and you can win the victory, amen. You see, the answer is in God's treasure chest. You see, my friend, there's times when I've got discouraged just like others, uh, but I've opened God's word and the word of God takes away the discouragement. There's times that I've doubted, but when you open the Bible, it removes that doubt. And my friend, the word of God will be what we need, but we must receive the word of God. Look at verse number 12. 21. He said in the middle part of that verse, and receive with meekness the engrafted word. You see, if you're going to have victory tonight in God's treasure chest, it has everything to do with whether or not you receive it. We have a responsibility to read it. We ought to rely on it, but we have to receive what we read. You say, preacher, how should I receive it? He tells us in verse number 19, that we ought to receive it speedily. He said, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Swift to hear what? In context, he's talking about the word of truth. Let every man be swift to hear. You say, preacher, I want to have victory in my life. Then open God's treasure chest and be swift to hear what God says. Don't read your Bible and think about everything else you've got to do that day. Don't go to church and hear the preaching and let your mind wander. Amen. Don't go to church and while the preacher's preaching, uh, listen, get your phone out and get on Facebook or any other social network. Amen. Uh, Listen, uh, don't sit there uh, and daydream, but put your mind on the word of God. Uh, Listen, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Uh, I'm simply saying tonight, receive the word of God. And how you do that is receive it speedily. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Now, please don't raise your hand on what I'm about to say. We don't need a confession over this. But how many times have you heard a message? And I'm not going to raise mine. And you've heard a message and you thought, man, oh, so-and-so sure needed that sermon. (laughs) We are not going to raise our hands tonight. 
I'll just go ahead and tell you as a pastor, there have been a lot of times I looked around to see if so-and-so was sitting there. Because I was hoping they was getting it. But you know what? God didn't call us to come to church for so-and-so. The message is personal for every one of us. Tonight, you ought to open God's treasure chest every day and speedily hear what the Lord says. When you read those passages of Scripture, let the Word of God dwell in you richly, Colossians says. Uh, let it speak to your soul. Uh, and then he tells us, uh, that, my friend, that we ought to receive it with a sensitive attitude. Uh, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. We ought to be quick to listen to what God says. And then we ought to be slow to speak. We ought to meditate. Don't be so quick to give an answer. You know, I, I remember when, when, when I was a little bit younger and, and uh, you know, I, one of the things I noticed and, and I know that I was the same way. Young people are, are quick and this is, not a, this is not a cut down to young people, but it's just the fact. Uh, you have to live through life a little bit before you get a hold of this, but you'll be better off if you can get a hold of it right now. Uh, listen, a lot of times in life, young people are quick to give an answer. You know, starting out, you think you know everything. I'm not talking about teenagers. I'm talking about 20, 21, 22. You just think you got the answer. And then after a few hard blows in life, you don't feel like answering anything. The older you get, the less you want to talk about things. I just figure let somebody else run their mouth and look dumb. Amen. I've done it long enough. Let somebody else do talk. And, and you don't feel like you, you don't feel so quick to give the answer. I, I don't care if I'm the first to know something anymore. I don't have to be the first to tell anything. Doesn't really matter. You know, that's what Facebook's all about. Everybody wants to be the first to tell it. I really don't care about that. That gets out of you as you go through life a little bit. Because I think you learned the principle. I better just wait before I speak. You know, the Word of God will help you to do that. You don't rattle so much stuff off. You don't talk so much foolishness when you get in the Bible. The Word of God will temper you. The Word of God will, will work on your speech. If James chapter 1 uh, has any principle in it at all, and it has many principles, but if there's any one truth in the Word of God that seems to raise up above all others, it would be this, that God's Word is more important than our Word. That it's more important that God does the speaking than I do the speaking. It's more important that I hear from God rather than God just hear from me. And I do believe in praying tonight and I know that you do as well but I'm telling you this more this evening that we ought to be sensitive about the things that we say the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 29 let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers uh, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption you see the things I say can grieve the Holy Spirit the Word of God has a way of tempering our speech, causing us to choose our words wisely, revealing how foolish our words can be sometimes, how convicting of a thought this is. I know to all of us, but I would simply say tonight that if you want to have victory, open God's treasure chest. You know, the Word of God will keep your, it'll keep your dialogue in the right direction. There's things I don't think Christians ought to say. And I know we could talk about profanity and a lot of other things. We all know we should. But you know what? I don't, don't adopt all the things you hear people say. 
I'm just going to tell you, there's a little statement, and if you say it, so be it, but I don't like this statement. This is pure opinion, okay? But I think I got some Bible to back it up. You know, a few years ago, people started just saying things. They'd say something good happened, God did something. They'd say, well, you know, that's a God thing. It just bothers me. That just sounds like somebody with a, uh, you know, with a, uh, with a contemporary T-shirt on, you know, and, and they got a, you know, some, some, you know, preachers in flip-flops and shorts and a contemporary T-shirt and, and, and a shell necklace, you know, and had long hair and, and he's standing up, sitting on a bar stool somewhere in a, in a blacked out church saying, you know, it's just a God thing. That's what comes to my mind. He says, well, preacher, I say that. Well, stop it. Why don't you give God some glory that don't sound like slang? Just say, well, the Lord be praised. That's in that book, amen? Well, praise the Lord, amen? Why does it always gotta be adopted something? That, I don't know what's wrong with that, but every time I hear it, I believe it's the Holy Spirit said, so don't ever say that. That's just stupid. Tonight, it's a God thing. Or they'll say, you know, they'll say God's got this. And I, I just, that just drives me nuts. I'm probably on a rant right now. You know, can you not be more spiritual than that? I saw that on a church sign the other day. God's got this. And I thought, man, I'd, I'd fire whoever was over that sign. Put a verse of scripture. God's in control. It's in the hands of the Lord. There, there's so many better ways to say something. I'm not adopting some little, you know, flimsy phrase. Uh, you say, what are you saying? I'm just trying to be slow to speak, but I don't know if that's happening or not. <laughs> but I'm telling you, uh, be careful what you say and the way you say it. <laughs> or you may go home like I might tonight and regret it. <laughs> I'm telling you tonight... The Word of God will temper. I do think the, whole, the Word of God, when you're in it, things are said, little things like that, and little radar goes up. So that just don't sound quite biblical. And then I want to say tonight, you receive it with a submissive spirit. He said, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I think that there's a such thing as righteous indignation. I probably had more of that in 2020 than I care to have, and you do too. Mad about a lot of things that's worth being mad over. And I believe we ought to be upset about it. But at the same time, we have to remember we're Christians tonight. I never want to lose my testimony. Uh, me and Brother Brian was talking about something out in the foyer there before, just talking about things like that. And, and you know, I have to be careful because there's a fleshly side to me. And that flesh wants to rise up. And I'm telling you, sometimes you've got to grab hold of it and pull it back. But I'll tell you what, I'll help you pull it back is this book. This book helps us keep a right spirit. You go two or three days and don't read your Bible, I don't care who we are, we'll get cantankerous. You get a bad spirit about you. You get a bad outlook on life. You'll you'll look around. You'll 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 want to throw one of those big pity parties. You'll you'll be a Debbie Downer. You'll always be looking at the glass half empty or completely empty, and nobody'll want to be around you. I mean, you and if you go too long, you'll start growling like a grizzly bear. I, I'm telling you, some people they go to church, but they're just junkyard mean. Amen. And I don't care if they shout every Sunday. Listen, if your spirit's not right, something is wrong. Jonah's a good picture of that, isn't he? 
He preached one of the greatest revivals ever recorded. But he had a bad spirit. The Word of God keeps us sweet. The Word of God keeps our focus right. It's so easy to look at what's happening around us and go crazy. And I'll tell you what, but when you open the Bible, everything looks right here. In a world that's changing around us, you can pick this up every day and it don't change. I don't know why anybody would want to buy a newspaper, but there's maybe you, maybe you need to get mad about something so you buy one. I don't know. But you know what? I doubt anybody reads the newspaper and reads the final page and closes it and says, boy, I sure feel a whole lot better now. No. But I'll tell you one thing. You can open this book every day. It'll tell you how to love your spouse, right? It'll tell you how to treat your children, right? It'll balance things in your life. It'll build things in your life. It'll, it'll remove things in your life. It'll strengthen things in your life. If any man liked wisdom is what James said. Now where's that wisdom going to come from? It's going to come from God. If any man liked wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not. Now if God gives wisdom liberally, well, where does that man get it from? He don't get it just driving down the road and getting an impression. And I know the Holy Spirit can impress us but that man is in the word of God and because he's seeking God and asking God for wisdom he'll open the Bible and God will speak to him you say why well, I read the Bible and I don't hear a whole lot why don't you bow your head before you read your Bible and say dear God I'm about to open your book and I just want to ask you I, I need some help and I need a word from heaven would you speak to my heart I promise you if you'll do that God will do it every single time he'll take that book and he'll speak to you and he'll pour it down in the recesses of your soul but you got to submit to the authority of the Word of God. Don't get mad at preaching. Don't get mad at what you read. Amen. Don't bypass certain chapters. Read it all and let it help you. And then he talked about tonight that we ought to, we ought to receive it with a satisfied spirit. Look what he said in verse number 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. I want to tell you tonight, receive the word of God with a satisfied spirit. You get too caught up in this world, you'll lose your appetite for the Bible. You can do good things, but if they become idols to you. Well, Brother Rodney was telling me about studying, uh, uh, studying all types of science, and I'm telling you, man, he knows it. He was talking to me today about things I didn't even know anything about. I believe he could build a rocket if he wanted to. But you know what? We may need you to before it's over with. But he said this to me. He said, I spent so many years studying all that. He said it became an idol to me. Now, I don't think any young person here is ever going to make an idol out of science, are you? But you know what? That just proves you can make an idol out of anything. Anything can grab hold of you. But staying in the Bible every day. You say, preacher, why do you pound that so much? Because to have a strong home, to have a strong church, to be a strong Christian in this day and time, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you've got to be filled with the Scriptures. You've got to stay in the Word of God. If you don't read your Bible, you'll dry up on the vine, friend. If you don't read your Bible, you'll start questioning everything you've ever stood for. If you don't read your Bible, you'll let your guard down and the devil will come in. When the devil came to tempt 
Jesus. What did Jesus use? He didn't use the power of his own strength, but he used the power of the Holy Spirit and he used the power of the scriptures, amen? Because he was filled with both. And what I'm saying tonight is simply this. You gotta lay aside and that word superfluity of naughtiness, that simply means an excess amount of evil and wickedness. And we live in an evil and a wicked world and it'll mount up in all of our life if we just go day in and day out and don't read the scriptures. Hey, read through your Bible every year. Read four chapters a day or read two chapters a day. It doesn't matter to me. Just get a goal and read it every day and let the word of God run through you and let it help your Christian life. If you're here tonight and you've never read through the Bible, start tonight and read it from Genesis to Revelation. God will bless you for that. Then I think we ought to receive it tonight with sincerity. He said in verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. It's not how much we know, it's how much we apply tonight. It doesn't matter if a man has a doctor's degree. It doesn't matter if he's a theologian tonight. What matters is how much we put in shoe leather. Take one principle and live by it every day and it'll change your life. Take one verse and say, I'm going to apply that verse today and it'll change your life. Get a hold of that verse and say, today, I'm going to memorize that verse. And I'm going to memorize that verse. And when I learn that verse, I'm going to learn another verse. And then I'm going to learn another verse. And let it be principles in your life. Teach it to your children. Hey, don't just bring them to church, but teach the Word of God to them. Have them memorize Scripture. Let it get in their heart. That, that's what's going to help them when they get older and they become a teenager. If you're a teenager tonight, get you a notebook and start memorizing verses if you hadn't already and write them down and, and, and quote them verses every day over and over and over again. And, let the word of God get in your heart. David said in Psalm 66 and verse 18, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. Memorize the word of God. And if you'll memorize the word of God, it'll keep you from sin. Dale Moody said the Bible will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from the Bible. I'm just simply saying this tonight. Be sincere. Have a desire to practice what you read. Don't just read it, but apply it. And then let me say this. In closing tonight, many other things throughout these verses, but in verse number 24 down through verse, in verse 25, we're to receive the word of God successfully. Because he said, verse 23, for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. When you read the Bible and you don't do what it says, you forget what the Word of God shows you. But he said, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... He's talking about here that, uh, that when we look into the word of God, it reveals. We, we, we are to look into the, to the word of God and, and see it as it, it really is and, and continueth therein. It's staying in the word of God. You see, you don't look at somebody that, I think about some that Brother, uh, Brother Point Dexter mentioned a while ago, men like Brother Charles Roach and, and other Christians that we could talk about. Oh, we, we esteem them very high as great men of God and great women of God that, that that blazed the trail. Can I tell you something about those people? And I think you'll agree with this. They were just ordinary people like we are. But they had a steady digest of the Word of God. I can't tell you the times I stopped by Brother Charles Roach's house. 
And either him or Sister Benny May had knocked on the door unannounced, not knowing that I was coming by. And they'd come answer the door and let me in. And there'd be one of them's Bible laying right there on the, the, on the table or on the couch where they was reading it. They weren't doing that. They didn't know I was coming by. They wasn't doing it because I was there. It's part of their life. Read it every single day of your life. Stay in the Word of God and, and look into it just like in a mirror. I'm going to tell you, when you get up in the, in the morning, wouldn't you like to get up in the morning time, roll straight out of the bed, walk in there and look in the mirror? And if you're a woman, wouldn't you like to look in that mirror and your hair just be perfect? And your face be flawless? I mean, and you just look at it and say, there's nothing for me to do. Wouldn't that that'd be a miracle is what that'd be, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you like to go look in that mirror and say, man, it's all, it's all fixed? Wouldn't you like to go stand in one of those, you know, you ever go to one of them places and you look in the mirrors and it makes you look real skinny? And you feel real good about yourself until you go to the next mirror. <laughs> and it puts about 250 pounds on you. And you know what? But, would you, but you know, can I tell you something about those mirrors? They don't tell the truth. I, I think the older you get, the less you like a mirror. Amen. Because it always tells you how you really are. And you'll go through life and you'll think, well, I, you know, through the day, you think, well, I don't look so bad. And you look in that mirror you're like, oh, man, I'm having a bad hair day today. You know, my makeup is, why didn't, why didn't you tell me my makeup was messed up? The mirror always tells you. You look in that mirror, it counts every wrinkle you've got, every gray hair. But it's telling you the truth. You know why it tells you the truth? So you can do something about it. Some poor old preachers preach against makeup, and I feel sorry for them. Amen. little makeup never. Now, makeup on men I'd preach against. Come on. Ain't nothing wrong. With, I'm against cake up, but ain't nothing wrong with no makeup on a woman. If it's done right, not on no little girls. Somebody say amen right there. You girls, 14, 15, don't, don't start putting makeup on. Amen. But I want to tell you tonight, that mirror, it'll tell you so you can fix yourself. That's what the Bible does tonight. Staying in the Bible really shows us how we are. The flesh is so wicked that if you don't read your Bible, you'll go along through life sometimes, you'll think you're doing pretty good. But you can open the book and it just always shines a light on some place that needs work on it tonight.